Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Uh, welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explore the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. Uh, my name is Luke Condor of K, and I'm joined today by Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Say hello, Daniel. Hiya. And uh, today we've got uh, we've got writer, universe builder, Facebook group wonder dude, and one of the most down-to-earth and dare I say pleasant people of the independent independent publishing scene. We've got Michael Underlay. How's it going, Michael? It's doing well. Thank you, guys. Cool. Uh, awesome. So, uh, what have you guys been up to, uh, Mike? You've been in Vegas partying or working? <laughs> um, more working, although there was a little bit more partying this time than I expected. So, I'm I'm a little mentally not there at the moment. <laughs> that's okay. So. That's, that's like me every day. So, I wouldn't worry too much. Except yeah. it's by myself in my bedroom with a bottle of whiskey. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. Dan, what about you? What have you been up to, dude? Um, I have been cracking away at the second draft of They Remain, so that's book two in the Rot series. Um, and dare I say, it, one of the cleanest drafts that you sent through, Luke, which is Thank which has been quite nice to. Uh, <laughs> it's been quite nice to edit because the first one was good. I think it was a bit of a learning curve for both of us, getting used to each other's style and the story we wanted to tell. Um, but I think that this one seems to have where the foundations are already in place. It means that a lot of the the hard work seems to already be done. So it's more about just moving those characters forward and getting them where they need to be and, and creating a cool story for book two. Well, I stuck uh, to the, uh, the the plot a lot more. So maybe that was something <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it probably probably helps a bit. But yeah. yeah, no, I think it's it's fantastic from what I've read so far. Um, has some tweaks that need to go in there. Um, but otherwise, I think it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having that polish and ready to come out in summer. Cool, cool. And, uh, Even though we're kind of crawling towards summer now. Yeah. And I'm doing I'm doing my final pass on Lazarus, uh, which is our other co-written book. Uh, so, Mike, this is actually just a quick question off off the side here. So we are pretty much finished this other book. Uh, the, everyone's told us to wait until we've got three books until we release it. Dan, are you kind of excited to get it out? I kind of feel like we yes. just kind of want to publish it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I... As a writer, as a creative, I just want to get something out to start with and then maybe focus on the marketing stuff afterwards. But Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Mike? Should we hold back? Well, it depends. I mean, what genre is this in? Like uh, post-apocalyptic horror thriller with some zombies. Okay, so um, from everything I understand, post-apocalyptic, the groups, uh, it can be do very well in Kindle Unlimited, right? 
So if you put that sucker out there and it gets rave reviews, they're going to eat it up that fast. And they're going to be asking, when's the next one? So guys, mm. when would your next one be? For that series, I think it might be uh, at least six months. So maybe we should hold back a little bit on that one. Yeah, they're not going to remember you. So next time when you put book two out, unless yeah. you unless you plan on doing a lot of marketing, which is its own challenge, then you're going to lose the impetus of book one. Book one, I've noticed, is the one that tends to get a lot of the easiest um, attention. And so if you come out with book one, people are like, ooh, something new. Let me try it. And then you get book two out there. Let me continue. Um, but six months later, today, that's that's a, a terribly long time. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then we better hold back on that one then. But um, yeah. yeah. Well, might, we do might... have another series on the go at the minute that we're we're crafting away as well. So Pumping out. Yeah. Mm. Not, not as fast as uh, Justin Sloan and the, and the Kuferian Gambit guys. But uh, we're trying. We're doing our best. <laughs> Mike, what, what, have you, what have you been working on today or, or recently? Is there any sort of project you're currently focusing on? Um, there are actually a lot of different projects. So we have uh, the third book in the uh, Rise of Magic with CM Raymond and Ellie Brabant is coming out tomorrow morning. Um, we've got about seven in production, of which four or five of those are in the Age of Magic. I'm writing my next book in the Second Dark Ages. Um, we have another universe that's being built with um, a new authors in that one. And so we're just now laying down the foundation and uh, some of the artists that are going on in that. We have uh, negotiations with SAG-AFTRA for audio talent that hopefully are in their final um, review and approval stage. Um, that's probably a good amount right there. Yeah, that's, that yeah. sounds like a lot. Yeah. So we should mention to the listeners, so your, your number one project uh, and your output into this world of stories is the Kufarian, am I pronouncing that right? Kufarian book universe, uh, which yeah, spans, yeah. uh, so this spans sci-fi, fantasy, post-apocalyptic, it's got thriller in there, and it's like, it's got its own massive, uh, rabid fan base. Uh, I've got here that it started with one book, Death Becomes Her, published in November 2015, quickly followed by Queen Bitch and Love Lost uh, in the same month. And then in less than two years, uh, you now have more than 30 books out. Is that right? And you've got eight authors working on this one universe. Is that that yeah. sounds insane. I'm just going to say, Mike, that sounds insane. It's, um, it's taking the opportunity that the fans have provided. Yeah. You know, if there, um, for example, there was a situation where I had skipped a little bit of time and the fans were like, what happened? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to go back and write some of this stuff. I knew what happened on, for example, in Earth. And it was going to go through this post-apocalyptic situation. So I'm like, well, I, I have no desire to write that. But I'd love to get into another genre. So that's when I reached out to Craig Martell and said, hey, would you be interested in coming over and doing this? And then, um, so you'd mentioned before, like the Facebook stuff. Hmm. So 2016 was was more about trying to help at a certain level um, and creating this Facebook group that is mostly self-sufficient because I don't really have the time to do a lot of that myself. And it's really blessed with some amazing admins and mm -hmm. people that are, are willing to be a part of it. 2017, I decided to try to see if I could expand also in the area of helping additional authors through collaborations to see if I had anything to teach. You know, was it simply myself? Did I, you know, was it just this one situation where it's not you know, replicable? And um, fortunately it has been kind of replicable and teachable. So that's been neat, but um, the challenge has been that with one success and then two success comes a lot of desire to be a part of that. And yeah. so it's managing that growth. 
And part of it is like, well, screw it, let's try it. And then you've said that one too many times and you're ripping your hair out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're, we're in the middle of that. It's kind of a remarkable way to go because I um, I read the first book in the Justice is Calling series because we've got Justin Sloan coming on the podcast next week, I believe it is. Yeah, it's coming um, on Tuesday, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was actually in your author note at the back, it mentions about the fact that, you know, you were looking for more people to kind of expand into these universes. You were looking at um, talent that you've come across in that time networking. And there aren't a lot of people who can go from November 2015 to, you know, April 17, where you've got all this stuff behind you, like Luke read off earlier, um, and still be able to go, actually, I've got more to give. I want to share that with the rest of the community. That's something that um, I think I've seen has kind of pushed you up there in in terms of where people are seeing you. Hmm. Um, and is that, is that something that you kind of aimed for originally was to help people in that way? Or was it much more the desire to to write and to make, make the money that you do? Um, it wasn't. My original intention was and it's kind of expressed in the Facebook group, I thought it would take me 20 books, each making about seven and a half dollars a day, and I'd make 50,000 a year. I didn't realize that within three months and five books, then that was going to be possible. So it, it really wasn't a situation of me having great expectations on income. I happened, uh, my personality is to want to help. So um, as I was reading K-boards and, and things of that nature, after I had uh, put out the first couple of books, I noticed a lot of people you know, just really frustrated. And it wasn't frustrated from, they weren't self-serving, they were hurting. And and that that is something that caused to me. So when I um, put out the thing to create 20 books to 50K, the Facebook group, I said, hey, you know, I, I was mentoring four people at the time. And back in that situation, it was, um, it, I didn't have very much clout, let's just say it that way. Hmm. And so I was expecting to go from four people to eight people that I was going to help. And I figured if nothing else, I would be able to help these eight people. And this was right before we went to the Smarter Artist Summit. And so I had, you know, put this thing out. And by the end of that weekend, we had like 80 in the Facebook group and it was way beyond me. And I was um, reaching out to the double D's, which are uh, great um, support um, people. They're beta readers in the group, fans. Um, T.S. Paul, Scott Paul, um, who had been a mentee and has done very well himself and just trying to grow that Facebook group because I was reaching and grabbing everybody I could as I was going up. It's like, you know, let me try this. I noticed that the fans on my Amazon page um, when they had their forums going would be asking people, well, we've read the latest one. What else is good? And so I invited authors at the Smarter Artist. I said, I've got this really um, active Amazon forum. I'm going to put a thing up there and say, just come by and introduce yourself. If you'll introduce yourself, a lot of these people will come check you out. And so with my next book, I went and grabbed everybody that had introduced themselves and posted it in the back of that book. It's an ebook. What did I care? Hmm. You know? And so I just placed it in the back of the book and said, hey, here's a bunch of authors. And so just formatting. Um, and it's just trying to increase the availability because a lot of times as a will reader, I just want to know who else is out there. And I could offer that. I did not at that time and um, make any designation as to whether or not they were good because that wasn't my point. As a as a, an adult reader, I can make my own decision. I don't need you know, uh, Stephen King to bless somebody and say, I've read these books and I think they're great. All that would do is make me aware of the person. So I didn't do that either. I'm like, if you're out here, I'll introduce you. That's all it took. Yeah. 
So the the Facebook group we're talking about here is a twenty bucks to fifty k Facebook group. Um, so I remember like maybe a year or two ago, I used to go on K boards a lot, and I remember thinking it was both kind of inspirational, a kind of uh, deflating, demotivation, demotivational. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, what 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 put what do you think makes your Facebook group different to K boards and these other places where people go um, and how do you sort of enforce that? I know how you enforce it, but I think the listeners might want to know how you enforce it. Um, the... We're allowed swear words. Yeah, yeah, of oh. course. <laughs> wait, wait, what'd you say? We're allowed swear words. Oh, fucking excellent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's really good. Now I don't have to worry about nearly as much. So my experience with, you know what? Son of a gun. Okay, so my experience with some of this, I hope that sounds a little bit better. <laughs> That sounds good, yeah. Uh Was uh, K-boards had a lot of good information, but at the same time, you had to deal with people going, so what was everybody's best um, movie that they saw this weekend? And then you would have someone else just sit there uh, ragging on things, and it was obvious that at point, I made some comments. For instance, I said, my plan is to try to do a book a month. And either due to... um, personal reasons, or they really didn't say it, they said, you know, no. Don't. You don't even need to do four books a month. You need to do this. And um, there were some, to your point, occasionally people, whether or not they had the best intentions, it was very demotivational, their encouragement or lack of encouragement. So I, uh, I didn't know anything about the indie publishing arena when I started putting out my books. And therefore, I don't have any, I did not have any preconceived notions. And having someone tell me you can't do this tends to be a little bit motivational to me if, if it's something I want to accomplish. So um, when we created the other one, I said, you know, here's my mountain. Everybody has different mountains. Some people want to be New York Times, USA Today bestsellers, and there are methods to accomplish that. Um, But that's what they really want to be. Some people want to have their books inside bookstores. That's what they want. That's their mountain. And and I encourage them. It just so happens not to be my mountains, right? Um, Other ones want to to win literary awards. Once again, not my mountain, but kudos to those that care to do it. So my mountain was I wanted to write books that my readers reread over and over again because they liked it. And I wanted to be able to make money doing this. That's that was my mountain. And so I just invited other people to come on over and say, hey, come on over. Here's what we're you know, here's what we're talking about. So if you're wishing to talk about literary words, not really the place that you're going to get your information Um, and don't be a dick. You know, it's had that. It's like there's plenty of places here on the Internet to go be that. We've had our challenges trying to implement that, but generally speaking, we do pretty well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's probably um, out of any place on the internet to hang and talk to other indie authors and ask questions and, you know, post stuff for feedback. It, it's, it's been the nicest, most pleasant place that I've been. I don't know about you, Dan. How you do get you get a lot of that? responses very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people to, like, I saw um, one post today. It was a, a girl basically saying, sorry, girl, a woman, um, <laughs> saying that she'd written 4,000 words in a day. And obviously, to some, that's monumentous. And to others, that's sort of nothing. But there are, I think, 200 likes on there and just loads and loads of encouragement. And especially if you are working in an environment where you do spend a lot of time by yourself, that's something that is just infinitely reassuring even if it is just as simple as a hey guys i did well today and you have 100 people say okay well done you yeah, don't get that yeah. i don't i don't get that from my partner so no. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah four thousand words. Of course you can. But that's no problem. It's like Stephen freaking King only does two or three. The hell you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy. Yeah, one of the um things. So when I was first introduced to you, it was through your uh, video that leaked on YouTube, and I think that was quite a lot of people's way to come through where you um. Explain a little bit about that that video to start with, and then I'll, I'll go into my question if, if that's right. Sure. So, um, a last smarter artist, which it's in Austin. I, I met Matt Heron, and he has a group, or at least had a group, and uh, we we joined. We had a great dinner, and he said, "Hey, you know, I'd love to have you back sometime to just kind of talk in front of this group." And we said, "Great, let's do that." And this is in March. Well, it, a couple months go by, everything else that you know what's going on. So we finally said, "Hey, let's set this up." It was going to be at the end of July. And at the time, we were able to say, um, you know, how I made 40 grand in a month, how I grew it to be 40,000 in a month. And so we ended up um, growing the group to like 70 or 80 participants. Most of the time, it's 20. And we uh, moved to a restaurant in a, a specific area. And so he always videotapes everything that everyone says. And he puts it up and he kind of had a, a behind walls, if you will, paywall type of situation going on. And so wasn't a big deal for six months, you know, July to December. And then Matt, you know, took a hard look at what he wanted to do in 2017 and decided that this effort that he had been pushing wasn't in his cards for 2017. So he basically put all of those, um, uh, all of those videos that he had available and just made it open. Hmm. Just here, everybody see all the things. I had no idea he was doing this. Um, and I, I, it's not like I cared because I was still in front of 80 or 90 people. So it wasn't like it's something hush hush, but uh, it went kind of viral. And so we were sitting at um, around 1800, just barely cracking 2000. Um, and all of a sudden we're just starting to hit 100 people a day, 150. It's like, what the hell is going on? We have no idea. But, you know, at first it was kind of like, oh, look, the new year. This is great. <laughs> And then within two weeks, we're at 4,000. We're like, son of a bitch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and we finally realized that that was a portion of it. But those new people who found that video and came into 20 books um, started telling two friends and so on and so on and so on. So I think we're at like, I don't know, I could look it up, 8,000 or something people right now. Um, and so we've had to implement some different growth tactics to try to limit those who are trying to use it for their own personal gain. Yeah. you know, a little bit more. And, um, it, it's really, you know, we've had our, our issues with growing that, that much that fast. Um, but generally speaking to your, to your point, we try to keep it civil and keep it fun and keep it focused on making money doing indie publishing. Yeah. 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 So my, um, my, my second point question to that was in that video, you spoke of, um, something which kind of, it changed my, my thinking when it came around to books, because it was around the time that me and, and Luke were about halfway through, um, the rock book, um, and before that, I published a couple of short novellas, but nothing sort of substantial um, because I was stuck in that trap of needing to make things perfect, needing it to be the, the best that I possibly was beyond what I could do with the resources that I had. And you spoke a lot about the minimum viable product, which was something that I'd never thought of applying to writing books and sort of the author business. Um, but it's something that seems to be very, very helpful for uh, people that are starting out, people that are trying to push and get stuff going. Um, do you still use the minimal minimum viable product method now with your books? Because obviously you ha you'll have a lot more resources behind you. Or do you now look more into the, the polished product at the end? Um, it definitely it, more polished from the standpoint that I have more resources and I believe in myself. I mean, the whole concept behind minimally viable wasn't that I couldn't 
afford it because mm -hmm. I, I had my own company. I could have. I didn't know if it was sellable or not. So why did I want to, at that time, why did I want to invest $500 into a cover and perhaps two or three months to get, you know, on someone's editing queue and get it edited and everything if nobody even wanted to open the book? Yeah. And so that was kind of my mentality to say it wasn't that I was trying to do it. Um, I wasn't trying to put out the cheapest viable product. I was just trying to find out, does anyone want a story like this? You know, I think it's kind of cool. Um, so I, I just put it out there. I put out what I thought was an acceptable cover and I had no clue what, you know, at that time I didn't even know you could go buy stock covers for 60 bucks. If I had known, I would have done it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I didn't know at that time. So I certainly, you know, did not implement that. And, uh, I used Grammarly, you know, I started learning all of these things really quickly. Um, and I just, as a whale reader, I knew that three books is what I needed to get to. So I was anxious to get to three books so I could then put some advertising money behind it to see if I had anything. So, just, so it just uh, blew up. Sorry, yeah. So just jumping back to when you first published uh, Death Becomes Her, uh, did you have any ex expectation at that point? Or was it just a test, you know what I mean, just to see what was going to happen? Um, well, part of it, half the, half the reason I did it was it was a bucket list item because I'd been a lifelong reader. And so I, I wanted to do this too, right? And I had been reading so many books that indie authors um, were part of my retinue of reading. So it's kind of like, I can I can write this good, can't I? Maybe, I think I can, yeah. right? And I was enjoying it. I go, these guys have at least a thousand fans. You know, if I can get to a thousand fans, I'd be pretty happy. So the other half was one of my sons who's a better writer than myself. Um, he needs to know what all the steps are before he'll do something. and. While I understood a lot of the core parts and from a business side, I had put something up on Amazon. I had not done it from a fiction side. So half was for him, half was for me and just, you know, push it out. Cool. And um, I know you published a trilogy in November. I mean, and these are your first three books. Um, so was it as soon as you published the third book, you suddenly found uh, an uptick in sales or what the biggest um like my third day after my first book i think i made 99 cents or something like that yeah. my first month i made gross 438 dollars i think and the second month um i released a book four on around the 15th of the month and around the 18th i started doing facebook ads and then i saw this massive upgrowth to like you know 30 40 dollars a day and i yeah. started you know doing my own jig and i'm like facebook is the bomb <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I didn't realize at the time was that fourth book probably caught Amazon's attention because uh, okay. by then I was starting to go to 30 and 40, you know, with the new book release. Well, people who had read books one and two were sitting there. It caught Amazon enough that they did a push. So the same day I released Facebook, that very next day, Amazon, I think, did a push. And I, had I attributed it all to Facebook. And I'm like, this is wonderful. So we grew a lot. We started hitting $100 days at the end of July, uh, December. And then I started like pushing a lot of money. For me at the time, it was a lot of money into Facebook ads. And I wasn't seeing a corresponding rise in my income. Yeah. And so, you know, after about a week and a half of that, I'm like, dial this down because this isn't it. I had no idea what, you know, what was the, the situation. But, you know, by then I was releasing book five. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. 
Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Five, and then six, and then it just kept growing. So... Um, so a lot of people in the indie publishing world know of Mark Dawson and his Facebook ads mm-hmm. course. And, um, uh, I believe they know of you and they know the self-publishing guys. And there's all these different, uh, methods that people seem to think this is how it's done, but it just seems like you <laughs> just tested, you just started throwing stuff up there and you started testing and it, you suddenly found what was working for you. Um, is that, so, is that like how you treat, uh, your like business in general? Is that, is that something you brought over from there? It, a lot of it is, you know, the, um, I, I like to call it hacking, right? Hacking success and finding out what's working and what is replicable. You know, doing Facebook ads is re- replicable. And because I have so many in my series, I have a pretty high um, amount that I can spend to get a new reader and still be profitable, right? But I just don't like it. I can't scale that. Yeah. At least I haven't to this date. It's, you know, uh, in the last four months, let's say I might push a hundred to $115 a day in Facebook ads, but as a percentage of my, um, monthly spend, Facebook ads are 3%, you know, 4% tops. Um, it's not very much. So, um, I think all of last year I spent maybe $30,000 on uh, gross of over half a million. So, uh, actually that's net of over half a million. So, um, it's, it's, kind of just a little bit of a pittance um, percentage-wise. Yeah. Collaboration seems to be quite a, um, a big part of, of especially what you do now. Mm-hmm. Do you find, uh, talk us through your method when it comes to collaborating, because I imagine that sometimes other authors will take the lead and other times you'll sort of take the lead, or how, how is it you go about your collaboration? It's, you have to think about it a little bit differently because I didn't come into collaboration thinking I need to do this for money. It's actually, I, I probably lost a little money last month by doing it. 
Um, and, and that's still pittance compared to what most people. So, you know, don't cry me a river, Argentina or whatever situation here. Um, but for me, doing collaborations was an opportunity to start helping at the micro scale, not the macro scale. I wanted to find out whether or not through the collaborations, they should accomplish multiple things. We'll take the things that are personal first. So personally, I wanted to hack the top 100 authors list. And I knew that I could do that by being an author because I had seen it happen in a couple of anthologies that happened to release at the same time my book released. And all of a sudden, I jumped astronomically more than what just my book release should do. So I knew that that was a situation. Um, I knew that these authors had put out good quality work, but they weren't seeing in the income rise that they should have. And if you're the guy that's saying 20 books to 50K and these guys have 12 books and they're not on that road, something's wrong. It's either I'm a genie in a bottle situation, which I didn't necessarily want to believe because I don't think my writing's anything spectacular. Um, but it could be an attitude. You know, it is the uh, merging of a particular audience and giving them what they want. And so I was going down, always questioning is it emotions? Are we really giving them, is the drug of choice emotions that we all think are either tropes or genres or whatever but i i'm a firm believer that we're not selling stories we're selling emotions and so it's you know what are we taking through that so the question was and was my writing style as weird as it is something that another author can review and can take pieces of and sell i didn't know but i'd love to know right so when I set up the collaboration stuff, I said, look, here's how we're going to do it. It's, it's, it's my universe, and I'm not going to give up a piece because that's business-wise really stupid. Mm -hmm. So, But we're going to do this 50-50. You get half the income, I get half the income. I'll pay for the cover. Your half of the cover comes out of the income. It won't come out of your pocket. So we got I got to believe this is going to happen. Um, your name's going to go on top. I had seen the James Patterson and the Clive Cusslers, and I didn't like it. I always thought that was, you know, I understand the business reasons, the marketing reasons behind doing it. Mm. I still thought it was a piece of crap. So, um, and that's just a personal opinion. So any of the collaborations, our names are the same size and their name is above mine or to the left, meaning you read it first, right? So those were some of the core aspects. Carthurian Gambit, it's still my world. These are still my characters. I'm not going to allow that stuff to go on. But the benefit of what has happened is when they come in, they recognize there's one final decision maker. There's no 50-50. It's like, I will tend to lean toward their ideas if I can, unless I specifically don't like them, in which case, mm -mm, that's not going to work. Um, or I'll tell some of them, some of the time, is like, look, I'm willing to go with you on this, but if the sales aren't there, you'll know why. And so oftentimes, because my attitude has been, I'm here to make stories people want to read and make money, they're in it to make money too. And if you have the guy who's got a whole bunch of reasons to say it probably won't work, get to listen to him. You know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's like uh, your I don't think crowdfunding is the right word, but like you're crowd building this this universe, and um, you uh, just seem like an incredibly giving gentleman. If that sounds true to you, I don't know it it because I've seen those yeah. James Patterson books, and I've always felt. It's, it's a little bit uh, a little bit slimy, but the way you're doing it seems to be, <laughs> I don't know, just the, the, the better way to do it. it. It is certainly for indies. At least that's my opinion, right? This is, once again, there are others that are doing it, and they have their own ways of doing it, and that's fine because it meets their emotional needs. 
for me, I didn't need more money. That wasn't the issue. Um, I wanted to see if I could help individual authors go somewhere with this. Now, what did I get out of it that I didn't expect? I mean, that's kind of one of those things where you look at it and go, well, I did it for this reason, but wow, this was great too. And I, I mentioned this on multiple other occasions. When their name is on the top of it, of the book, they get the credit. That was my intent. What happened is they also get the blame. Right. So if they if if their books are hated, it's not Michael Anderley did such and such. It's that damn so and so, and Michael <laughs> Anderley should you know should have done something about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that was just one of those situations that occur. Um, they, it, it's just it's all in, man. I, I can't say I don't since I didn't need the money. I set everything up in such a way that they value the effort of doing it because it benefits them financially. And they they end up it's it is a um, it's not selfish, but it is self-focused. Yeah. And that only helps me in the long term because I don't want to be doing I don't want to be writing and working 18 hour days for the rest of my life. Yeah. But if someone has their own income on the line, they're going to be looking at this in two years. Guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, So just uh, moving on a bit. So the, the plans for the future. Uh, are you looking at uh, mm. any sort of other mediums? Are you? I know you said you're working on some audio. Are you doing any comic books? You know anything along those lines? Um, I've looked at. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'd love to do that. Um, <laughs> so to answer the question is yes. Obviously, we've got ACX, and so we've sold about six thousand books so far with ACX, and we've been out mm, three months on that, I think. Um, so we we push into ACX. We push into um, paperback immediately. LMBPN, my company, handles a lot of that automatically for all the uh, collaborators. So when we push out an ebook, LMBPN actually pays for it to get moved into paperback. It's not an income producer. You know, usually it's an income loser, but it's for the fans and it's not that much money. Um, ACX is another situation. We pay, that's why we're messing with SAG AFTRA, we pay to get it produced in audio. Their half comes out of the audiobook sales. So that's kind of important at that point, right? So we're taking the financial risk in this area. Um, we are doing some fairly interesting video stuff in the background. Things that um, I originally started looking at it going, you know, we spend now a lot of money on models. And when I first started this, I was like, you know, is 3D good enough to be putting some stuff in so we don't have to spend $1,000 on a model shoot? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're continuing to hack this. and. And also starting to look at, you know, can we do 90 second um, stories? And the reason that it's 90 seconds is multiple fold. One of which is most videos are about 90 seconds long before people are like, lose it. Um, The second is I can produce 90 second videos relatively uh, cheaply. At least that's the goal. And if you put 15 of them together, you get about the 22 minutes you need for a 30 minute show. So eventually the goal is to get to that point to be able to accomplish it. And it all started out with wanting to do videos just out of um, some of my experience before and finding the right people. I can show you some stuff that I guarantee you, you're like, how the hell did they do that? Yeah. Because um, I did it, you know, when he sent, when my video guy sent the latest one back, I just, I kept looking at it over and over and I'm like looking and I'm looking, <laughs> like, how do you do that? It's like, so we are pushing forward on video, but it's not a major uh, focus of the company, but it is a it is a line item we budget to continue because 2018 is when I want to get more of that done. Cool, cool. 
Um, I've got here, uh, so you're, you're expanding, um, you're even starting a, n- a new universe. Um, is that not going to be related at all to Kuferian Gambit or is that? Okay. No, it's not, uh, it's not related. And part of that was just me needing to have another outlet because I was Kuferian 24 hours a day. And I wanted to mess with um, urban fantasy, which has been a big deal for me. So I, uh, I reached out to Martha Carr, who I knew, and who I knew had a background in matching voice. Because what I couldn't do was teach someone, again, me, so to speak. And, I need, and so I said, hey, I want to create a new universe, but I need a partner. Because as we add new authors into the group, someone needs to be able to know my voice and be able to help them get that voice. I, otherwise, I can't do it. So the Aura Saren universe is created. And we now have our first two authors in addition to Martha and myself moving in. Um, and that stuff probably will start coming live in the next 30 to 45 days. And the expectation I would expect is that by, you know, in six months, we'll have another 10 authors in that, in that universe going. I've got here, um, are you looking for more writers? Wink, wink. <laughs> but I, I, I do think a lot of, um, you know, listeners are going to be listening and go, this sounds incredible. How can I become a part of it? So is that something how, are you going to take submissions or are you doing it your own way um, um i do different things but one of the yeah. things that i'm doing because i feel that uh indie authors a lot of them there's a lot of good ones out there that can't get seen mm. because there's for whatever reason you know just r- make up a reason i reached out to md cooper michael cooper who's in the 20 books group and i said hey would you be interested in seeing what we're doing over here for your own universe and he said yes um richard fox uh, I don't know if you guys know him. He's pretty high in the military sci-fi side. But uh, he lives in Vegas. And about a month ago, we hooked up uh, for lunch in Vegas. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. Um, and then we, uh, so we met, and he's doing the same thing. So he's adding authors to his universe. So my idea at that point was kind of like, who who can I teach, or not teach, who can I share some of the ways I do things that would be willing to do it themselves. And instead of Mike trying to add 20 authors, these guys are each adding five or 10 authors and it expands. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. I think so. I think so. so you've, you've built uh, a, a model that you're, you, you want to sort of see if it works with other authors. You're, uh, are you franchising, as it were? Or No, yeah, I have no money. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, that's been interesting. It's, it's been part of, um, a lot of people have always thought I was going to go into teaching, you know, teach what I do. I was like, no, you have no idea. I have no desire to get an email at two o'clock in the morning going, this thing you told me doesn't work, you know, and then I'll feel obligated because money's there to answer them. And I'm like, I don't want that. (laughs) So, um, I encourage all of the ones who are teaching, whether that be, you know, Chris Fox and his books or, um, uh, her, um, Jonathan, Yes, Joanna Penn, um, the SAS guys, whatever it is, you know, there are those that whose heart is in that. And I love sharing. I don't want to teach. <laughs> so um, I encourage those situations. But uh, in this, I'm just sharing how this is working for me and whether or not it would work for them to expand their universes. Because the readers, if they're, if they're selling a decent amount, the readers want more of it. Mm-hmm. Might as well give it to them. Yeah. Yeah, it seems there's a lot of um, course building and a lot of ways to profit from the knowledge that people are getting through writing. And I have seen, um, I won't name names, but I have seen people who tend to put out one novel and then come back with about five different nonfiction books on what they've done. Yeah. And it seems to be, 
just a bit more of a practical way to get the knowledge that you need to by actually encouraging people to go out and do it rather than say like these are the steps you have to go through and in essence that's kind of what the 20 books of 50k group is it's just a live online chat where you can just chat with some of the people that will give you some of the best advice that you could hear on on problems that you're stuck and it's immediate as well you don't have to sit and wait by your inbox for a tutor to reply um i think that's uh, another thing that you seem to catch on quite well with is the fact that a lot of people tend to clump together and do things like the courses like um i can't think of another example but then you tend to find a way to weave around it and almost just make it your own without really worrying what other people are doing yeah. do you attribute some of that to your success is it do you, you're, you're do you ever feel like, like... <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I like to say yeah indie publishing yeah. outlaw i i yeah. um do you I like feel that like part. some of that is just luck or do you think that it's just you know it's skill behind it and you, and you push and you do what you do well one thing um i don't know that a lot of people know this but i'm almost 50 you know this amazingly young face that's right here i would have seen uh, you at 24 yeah i, yeah. I love you man <laughs> <laughs> and um so there's a lot of things that i've seen before Right. Mm -hmm. So it isn't I, I could attribute some of it to luck and not realize that I had the same situation happen to me 12 years ago. And it's been sitting in my subconscious thinking about that or, you know, this whole thing about like the names. It just it rubbed me the wrong way, even though I understand it business wise. I do understand it, but I'm not a business that has to worry about whether or not I please my shareholders, you know, the shareholders. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> For those that didn't see, I just gave the, you know showed the finger to these guys on video. <laughs> so um, that it's I'm going to do what I need to do, and it resonates with my fans. You know, the fans are amazing. It's it's really interesting. I've had somebody come back and tell me it's like, hey, you know, I run AMS, which is Amazon Marketing Services ads. And would you like to know that that the cost of a click for your name is more than like Neil Gaiman? And I thought about that, and I go, you know what? That's really not about me. That's about the fans who are searching for me, that's who they're paying for. So I just went to my Facebook group and said, hey, you guys just had a great compliment. <laughs> you know, everyone wants my fans. And, you know, it's it's some those individuals who are trying to mimic the success without being honest will be found out. I'm, yeah. And those that are willing to put in the effort and they're doing it from their heart, they're going to be successful, I think, with the same attitude and more power to them. So uh, we, we're coming towards the end of the show. I just want to quickly talk about the London event, which uh, yes, um, we just saw on the Facebook. We're very excited, and, and we're coming. We're in England. Excellent. That's in London's in England. So we figured let's <laughs> let's uh, let's go do that one. Is that? I mean, yeah, is, absolutely. This sounds amazing. So is this your? Is this going to be a version of the Smarter Artist Summit, or how how are you pitching this? It's, it's well, see, this is the thing. What people probably don't understand is I have nothing to do, per se, with these things, right? Yeah. The the 20 Books group started it. They're like, hey, this would be great. And then it kind of died down, and someone else said, hey, this would be great. Well, Craig Martell decides, you know what? Screw it. I'll be the one to make this happen. So I just said, hey, I'll be willing to show up. Now, it happened to me in Vegas. I'm going to be living in Vegas at the time. It would be hard not to show up. <laughs> but I'd be you know, be willing to go do anything. But you know, it's, it is a training educational thing and it's at the bottom dollar there's there's no money to be made so to speak from us yeah. it's to cover expenses it's not at the best hotel in the world you know samestown is for 99 bucks you're you know you're not there but for indie authors a lot of them can't afford the other stuff yeah. 
And hell, it's Vegas. So a lot of people are like, shit, if I don't like the thing, I'll just go downtown, (laughs) you know? So, um, but then I saw in Slack, Andrew Dobell, who does a lot of covers um, for us, uh, he and Craig were already talking about the hotel for London. So I'm like, guess it's a thing. But to your point, I I wasn't asked. I'm just seeing it pass by in Slack. That's it. Cool. So if anyone is listening in England, uh, most of, I think a lot of our listeners are English. Um, if you want to keep up in the in like in the loop with that, you need to get in the Facebook group because I think it's still in its larval stage. <laughs> if that's the right. Yeah, thing. I think it's just had the dates announced today. Was that? Did they actually do dates? Because I don't even know that much. I'm like, yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's in my yeah. calendar now, second, second to the 4th like of February, yeah. 2018. Oh, excellent. Well, now yeah. I know where I'll be then. But <laughs> I'd like to do something, even if it's small in Australia, because, you know, it costs a bazillion dollars for anyone Australian to come anywhere. Yeah. So um, I'd love to go down there, even if it was 20 of us, you know. Yeah. But um, my, my youngest sons are going to college, which means I'm now going to be open to traveling a lot more. My, my wife loves to travel. So, um, and it's one of the few expenses I can, or one of the few costs that I can expense on taxes. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, when did you say it was? February the? Second to the 4th of February. Oh, it's very near my birthday. So, it'd be near my 30th birthday. How weird is that? There you go. 30th birthday. We, we, yeah. We can make a weekend. I look super old and you look super young. There's a, there's a disconnect there. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't no. saying that. I was just saying that, you know, in my mind, it's like, well, that's like you got to buy him a beer or something at 30th yeah. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're expensive there as well. So bring a, you know, take a loan out or something. It's an expense. I, you know, everything I pay is 40% off because the government's going to take it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it'd be cool to meet you though in London. Um, it'd be nice to buy you Help a us. beer and, to, you know, to say thank you. Um, Absolutely. Um, yeah. It honestly, though, and I, I, I am the poster child of the group. I get, I understand that. But it, without the admins and without the people there and their attitude, it wouldn't be what it is. So, yeah. you know, I, I just heap that back on the administrators and, um, you know, kudos to them. Cool. It's uh, very modest and, uh, <laughs> but true, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is. It's true, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay, so uh, we have got a, a quick fire round for you to finish this off. Is that is that going to be okay? We're just going to throw... 10 questions that you, you've got three to five seconds to answer oh, or not answer. Oh, three or... to five seconds. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this. Cool. Uh, Dan, do you want to take the first question? Yeah, I'll shoot. Are you ready, Michael? Yep. Awesome. Heaven or hell? Heaven. Frogs or toads? Mm, frogs. Vamps or wares? Vamps. Spirit animal? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, what? A spirit animal. Oh, um, I was going to say wolf then, because that's just what popped in my mind. Thanks for the where's question right before that. <laughs> what was the uh, last book you read? Uh, Witness Enchantment by T.S. Paul. Uh, favorite word? Fuck. <laughs> Somewhere you'd like to visit? Um, what's the, what are those islands that are kind of in Asia? Um, uh, anyway, there's some really beautiful islands kind of in Asia. starts with a B, I think. Um, I'd have to look it up on a map, but... Definitely, that popped up first in my mind. Some beautiful place. The beautiful Bee Islands. Got it. Uh, yes. So, uh, where do you shop? Uh, Amazon. Who done it? Who done it? Yeah. What is? Uh, I've never heard that. Who done it? Um, me. Oh, oh you done it. Okay. Uh, would you come back on the show? Yes. Great. Perfect. Fantastic. Uh, so, uh, just to wrap it up, then, where where can we follow you and your work, Michael? 
Um, the website as we're building it as a destination site, kirtherianbooks.com or saren.com. Facebook on the Kirtherian Gambit and or Saren. And of course, 20 books to 50K. But you generally, I'm not there as much anymore because I'm freaking having to put out books. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so just a quick thanks to uh, Disaster Piece for the intro and outro music. Acast for hosting the podcast, the listeners for listening. Our patrons over at patreon.com. If you want to join and get, you know, uh, early access to episodes and free books and stuff, go to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Uh, thanks to Dan, my co host, for being here. Because without you, I would be alone. And thanks again to Michael. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Thank gentlemen. You. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.